0: Welcome to this week at Missouri Politics. The state fair is happening, primaries are over. We're here to talk about maybe the next session with uh, Senate Majority Leader, maybe the Senate Pro Tem, Caleb Brown from Columbia, welcome back to the show. Good to be here. So let's start first, looking back. We're gonna talk about the, the, the US Senate. You're pretty vocal. You've been pretty vocal when I think yourself, Mike Kehoe, Ron Richard, Jay Watson, Mike leaders of the state that spoke up when Eric Grides was governor. You spoke up again this, uh, this summer. That said, he probably shouldn't be the U.S. senator, and I think folks were listening.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we we, we saw it firsthand mm-hmm. at the end of his tenure. Uh, clearly not fit to be the governor, uh, did the right thing for himself and for the state by by quitting. Um, but nothing had changed between then and now. Wow, uh, it, it really it, wasn't. I mean, it know. was the exact same, the exact same Eric Greitens, the exact same just naked ambition with no. Understanding or caring about anything else around him, including his wife and kids. So, I mean, that, it, I'm for somebody me, that's that had my stumbles you. in life. right? Sure. I've made my mistakes sure. on a grand scale. As we all
0: have. And I and I I tell you what, I, I think I'm a little different for him. Yeah. I'd like to think I've I maybe have a little more empathy for yeah. folks and and I didn't see any of that. Shocking.
1: No, I mean he's he, I mean I've said it five or six times publicly he's just not a good human being. It just is what <laughs> it is. So.
0: Let's talk about the state senate elections. Um, you know, overall, you saw a lot of folks that you'd served with in the House, yeah. and served with as a senator while they were in the House. Uh, what was your take on uh, the, the uh, crop of new senators that'll be showing Yeah,
1: up? you know, we've, we've, we've talked to most of them now, have meetings, I think, set up with all of them. Um, I, I do know a lot of them from the yeah. House. Um, a couple of them I served pretty close with. Um, you know, I think it's a good crop of folks. I mean, I think there are, there are uh, various uh, levels across the conservative spectrum, but I think everybody in that group generally wants to come in, work together, and accomplish things for this state. I mean, I think that's the thing that we all are trying to do. We didn't get into public service um, just to yell and scream at each other. We got into public Mm -hmm. service for me because I've got kids and I've got a community that I love, figure out a way to to make the place better. So I I, I do think that is the defining element, at least from what I've gathered from that new group of, of incoming folks, which I think will be... Uh, greeted warmly by a lot of folks in the Senate who, who share those same values.
0: Uh, it was a pretty rancorous campaign. This is the this is the most opposition I've ever seen, a coordinated opposition against sitting senators. Yeah. Senators that, um, like a Mike Barneskater here in Cole County, I would have never thought anybody would have seriously ran against him, and yeah. while he won by a comfortable margin, it was a coordinated effort yeah. that, against him, and actually Senator White ended up losing in Joplin.
1: Yeah, you know, I was disappointed by that. You know, clearly there was a lot of rhetoric around whether or not these guys were conservative or not. Clearly they are. Clearly they've been a part of, uh, been sure. around this place long enough to have taken votes to ban abortion and, and you know, huge Second Amendment votes, all the other stuff. Um, you know, I do think this this election was the first one uh, to, to break that kind of, Unwritten tradition and standard of, of just leaving incumbents alone, as it relates to primaries. Which, uh, you know, I, I don't know what that's going to mean going forward. I think Bill White was a, a great senator. I think he surprised a lot of people by uh, the level yes. level of intellect and the level of, of intentionality he Nobody gave to more to time to on that. Forward. Approaching issues, and you know, uh, so I'm I'm sad to see him Let me go. i question.
0: I asked senator Burns, I asked senator, you report this. Do you believe that? members of your caucus campaigned against other members of your caucus in a break of that tradition
1: yeah yeah i mean we have proof that they did um uh, which again i think is sad i think it's unfortunate um, you know we, we've I, i've never done that i never campaigned against anybody else in, in uh, any primaries and and uh you know it's just it's it's the thing that has concerned me over the course of time is just continuing to just chip away at these things that that have kind of held us together for so long, the things that have made the Senate the Senate another byproduct of term limits that you just don't share the relational uh, element that you you used to. Um, It's going to be very hard
0: to show up after someone spent $100,000 calling you a rhino or a buffalo or whatever. (laughs) It's going to be hard to sit in the Senate with them and have that same relationship. There's
1: yeah. just no way it wouldn't be. No, I think that's right. And, you know, I, I hope hopefully we can find a way. Again, I, I, I told somebody this the other day, and, and I this is my position. I'm not sure it's everybody's position, but I care more about making my last two years in the Senate impactful for my kids' future than I, than I dislike anyone, right? So we have to figure out a way to balance all that stuff. You were handed
0: a tradition, though, that was handed down from... Kind of the old bulls of the yeah, old Senate yeah. to, to Peter Kinder and Charlie Shields, to Ron Richard and Mike Geo and they handed that to you. Um, do you think folks just don't care about those traditions like you do?
1: I don't think everybody does, but I, I hope I hope we can create an environment where they understand why those things are important. It's not just to protect incumbents. It's not just to protect. You know these these old guard traditions. You know we can still do really important conservative stuff while respecting those things. Those two things don't have to be as your question.
0: A part. I mean, people say, well, you should just you should just line them out. You're the you got the majority. You should just come in with a rack and ball. I've always thought, you know, you could criticize some of the statesmanship you've extended.
1: Maybe it wasn't returned. It's a matter of opinion. <laughs> Most of the time it wasn't. But, yeah. but okay.
0: <laughs> if you'd have came back hard, there would have been repercussions for that, too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, there's we, no magic we, cure for that.: No.
1: White. And when you, have, when you have, you know, pockets within a group that small, when, when, there's, when there's a group of 10 or 12 in the, in the House, that's one thing. Yeah. And, and the House is, is just designed differently. Made for it. But, you know, we, we, we have to figure out a way to coexist. And as a Republican who believes that conservative values are the best way to go for the people of Missouri, If I care more about obstructing than I do getting those things done, at some point we're not going to be in the majority. And that's the worst case scenario for a guy who wants to see conservative values continue to play out for the next two or three decades in Missouri. The fact is the real winner here would be the Senate Democrats. As of now, yeah. That's who's been the beneficiary. That's right. No doubt about it.
0: So let me ask you this. You said a productive session for the future. What does a productive session look like?
1: Well, I think it's coming in and, and starting early, um, You know, getting, getting our, our feet under us early. Uh, we're going to do, I think we're going to do some big stuff. We had some stuff uh, outlying at the end of last year that we wanted to get done that we couldn't. The map clearly just took up a bunch of bandwidth last year. Mm-hmm. You know, We're going to deal with, with curriculum accountability and CRT. We're going to deal with the transgender issue. Th- those are two issues that we know that 60, 70 percent of Missourians agree with us on. It's just, that's just the way that it is. Um, I want to do some stuff to to make adoption easier in the state of Missouri. Uh, I think in the wake of uh, the the Dobbs decision and and the overturning of Roe v. Wade, you know, I I think the one criticism, I'm pro-life and I'm uh, absolutely pro-life. One thing Republicans don't always get right is what all the consequences of the dominoes are. So let's do better at finding out what those things are and making um, the, the world better and life better for expecting moms and for the kids that come as a result of those decisions. All of those things are really important. Um, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff we want to do. I, I, I want to be the guy that facilitates um, progress and success in getting those conservative ideals done.
0: Let me ask you this. So you come out early and you pass a bill that bans CRT and you maybe you address a transgender athletes and women's sports issue. Um, you come out there and, and that probably is not what the Democrat caucus wants to hear. Sure. Then. We can't pass the budget. Yeah. Are you worried about maybe you have to come in with some tactics that alienate folks, and you don't have 18 for anything after that?
1: Well, I mean, I think that's, it's, it's, uh, it's not an impossibility that we could get to that point. I, I do think that there are some, at the end of the day, there are still 24 Republicans. We don't, mm-hmm. we, we're not always together, we, we don't always love each other. Um, but I've had that conversation with Senator Rizzo, who I have a tremendous amount of respect and a great sure. friendship with you know, the, 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 the reality of the Senate is unchanged. Just because these guys don't like me or I don't like them from day to day doesn't mean that they're, it's still not 2410. And so uh, a huge, huge chunk of Republicans uh, sent us here to do those things. And so th- th- those are the things we need to do. The people who elected Eric Schmidt and the people who are going to elect Eric Schmidt in, in November are the, are the people who want us to put our heads down recognize that Joe Biden has has taken us down a really, really tough road and do things that matter for them in a conservative way and the pe- for the people of Missouri, I think we can do that.
0: If you are one of those folks. I mean, here's the thing. While you could argue that five or six athletes in a thing isn't maybe the biggest issue of the state, I agree with you. If you get in the truck and drive to Southern Missouri, you drive yeah. to Marshall, folks care yeah. about it.
1: Well, and, and, and I would even take it a step further in, in some of these instances, I live in Columbia and now, you know, as of January, Boone County is going to be the only part of my district for my last two years, not the most right-leaning area. But I hear it all the time, you know, on that issue in particular, um, it's not just Southwest Missouri or Southeast Missouri. There are a lot of people who are struggling with this and I would tell that to anybody, you know, who who disagrees with me on the issues, like, look, public opinion is just not with you right now. ask you this. I've seen the Republican Party during my professional lifetime. Do some
0: homophobic things for political gain, quite successfully. <laughs> I've watched your career be somebody that has said no to that. It's a different generation of Republicans yeah. that don't want to win an election off bashing someone because because they're gay. I, I really believe there's a lot of folks of your generation that share that view that think it's a matter of fairness, it's not a matter of attacking someone because they're different. They just think it's fundamentally unfair. I think this is the first time one of these issues has came up where I think you could
1: honestly say I'm not a bigot. I'm not a homophobe, no. but I truly think this isn't fair. I had this conversation this morning with a colleague of mine. There, there is a fundamental difference between compassion. I come from a background of faith, and so compassion is a huge part of my life. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to lie and say that something that that is absolutely factual isn't factual, right? Okay. And so that that's the distinction that we have to make is understanding we can be compassionate. We can. Uh, a, a care for folks in, a, in, in any way that we possibly can while recognizing that a government solution isn't always driven by compassion. A government solution or the things that we do in this chamber aren't, aren't always compassion. It's the reason why we talk about scripture, you know, Jesus uh, took most of his words at the church and not toward government because it's not the government's job to do these things. It was the church's job. It was the people that make up the church to, uh, to bring forth that level of compassion. We all get that wrong from time to time, and I'll, I'll continue to wrestle with it probably for the rest of my life.
0: So tell me of this crop of new senators, pretty pretty large crop of new senators. Yeah. Tell me somebody that maybe folks don't know that, that you think somebody's keeping an eye on. Um,
1: you know, I, I, I think they all have their strengths. I, I, I've gotten to know uh, Travis Fitzwater is, is probably my closest friend in that group. Hell of a campaign, and Randy. Great campaign. Um, you know, the, the folks who ran his campaign did a heck of a job, and, and look, He's a guy that's just, he's, he's not the flashiest guy. And he's kind of like me. You know, he's, ne- he's probably not going to impress anybody. He's never probably going to be the president of the United States. But he's a guy who cares a lot about his community and works really, really hard to do things for his community. He's, he's a good one. Curtis Trent is another one who, you know, for me, I, I have a good relationship with. Likes to I put his head down and get stuff done. No, I think
0: Curtis Trent's going to be a very good senator. I think he will, too. He, he approaches things very intellectually. He's yeah. got, a, got a commons. He runs a cool engine. Yeah. I think Curtis Trent's going to be a very good senator. I agree with that. I so much appreciate your time. I hope you'll come back and talk about it as we lead up the session. You bet. We'll be right back. Our opinion maker panel, Jennifer Bukowski, will tell you what she really thinks, and she really will, (laughs) after this. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople, while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and
2: kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more.
3: Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work, Amron, Missouri.
0: Welcome back this week of Missouri Politics. Our opinion Maker panel time. Let's talk about the elections with Locke Thompson, the prosecuting attorney of Cole County. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Scott. James Olmer, the in Missouri. First time on, I can't believe this. We should have done this already.
3: It's it's way overdue. Great to be here,
0: Matt Thompson. Now, no Ken, or do you claim Ken if you get pulled over in Cole County, or how's that work?
3: I claim Ken to every Thompson, depending on what position. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he knows what's up. Uh, Chief of staff, Dave Schatz. Thank you for the hospitality, Jennifer Bukowski. The I don't I can list your titles. My intellectual crush. Tell me what you thought of Tuesday night.
4: Tuesday night was good for Missouri. Like we send a solid mm-hmm. candidate to the United States Senate, but. I'm um, now looking at trying to take over in November, the United States Senate is looking like Nevada is the one we have to win because we've made some maybe not ideal choices in Pennsylvania and Georgia as to who to nominate for the United States Senate.
0: So tell me why Eric Schmidt was the right guy. Why do you, give me the, Just take all the policy on from the political side. Why did he win?
4: Well, we are a heavy Republican state, but if Eric Greidens had won that, yep. it could have been in jeopardy road Blunt's seat could have been in jeopardy thankfully now we don't have to worry about keeping that seat red and we can focus on other races
0: Matt thompson break it down i mean you you've been in the campaign world why did i mean i the fact he won i I think if you watch the show i i probably thought he was always going to win when folks really came down to it but he won by a lot why'd he win
3: I think they ran a really efficient campaign. He had the right team behind him. People had won statewide races before. Uh, they spent their money efficiently and wisely, had some money come in. Uh, uh, there were a lot of people that didn't want uh, former Governor Greitens in office, and uh, they spent a, spent against them well, and uh, Schmidt kind of came out unscathed. Not a ton of money was spent on the, uh, the negative side against them. There's not a lot to say.
0: AFP went to work hard. Yep. I mean, they knocked a bunch of doors and a bunch of mail. I, I've never seen an outside group be that, especially an organized one like that. I mean, they really, they came to play. Yep. Yep log thompson i you're an attorney of course you heard folks that maybe criticize some of schmidt's tactics but i'll tell you the the people of the state wanted a fighter and when you win by a landslide it's hard to argue with all of it
5: yeah definitely i think um, eric again ran a fantastic campaign um, and i think there was an awful lot of uh, maybe some animosity still toward uh, eric Greitens, and i think at the end of the day he
0: just he outworked everyone and was able to pull it out. James Owen, tell me this, you're a Webster County guy. Uh, he was able to win everywhere except, except Congressman Hartzer's home area, mm. which he did well in. He was able to win in all parts of the state. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily think a St. Louis guy could do Webster, could run so well in Webster County, but he cleaned up everywhere.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at the way he was able to use his position as Attorney General to take on these issues mm-hmm. that people were. Legitimately interested in and concerned with, and trying to like build himself not only as a platform for his job but also for this campaign. I think that people saw that they liked it. But moreover, I do think you got to give credit to the people who worked to, you know, bring down Eric Greitens a notch. Because yep. I talked to a lot of people in Webster County who wanted to vote for him at the start of this cycle, and they didn't by the time it was done because they saw the ugliness that is, you know, that is a part of him, and that uh, they didn't want to have any. As a, to with
0: that. as a guy that can observe this maybe a little more scientifically because you might not have felt the need to take a Republican ballot. Right. I, I think maybe it always looks like Eric Greitens has maybe more supporters than he does because they're always like the loud, obnoxious guy screaming.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think, and they, I think that they're the people that really kind of gravitate to the online nature. I think mm-hmm. Eric Greitens really did try to find the... Sort of national personalities uh, that are appealing to people who, you know, kind of engage with politics on Facebook and on other forms of social media. But in the end, it wasn't enough. I think people just really looked at the records of those candidates and they decided that Eric Schmidt was going to be their guy. So tell
0: me this: I don't think that the
2: race is over. I think Eric Schmidt's going to be very hard to beat. Right. Trudy Bush Valentine. I mean, that's Gussie Bush's daughter. She's got a name, and I think also the reason that she won the primary is because, and you know, without getting into kind of optics and visuals here but she's a woman and i do think that matters and i think with everything that's gone on this summer at national politics that for suburban voters who might be on the fence who might be conservative but don't like how certain things have gone that kind of symbolism might matter to them whether it does enough for her i don't know but i certainly think it keeps her in the running
0: tell me this uh former senator danforth He's got a guy, he's running, he uh, didn't like his pick with Josh Hawley, now he's, he, I, I don't know what his views are on Eric Schmidt, but he's got a guy running, it, it just is, uh, it feels as though Senator Danforth looked around to his crew of friends, all Ivy League St. Louis lawyers, very wealthy elitist, and instead of trying to pick somebody that a guy swinging a hammer in Sullivan, Missouri might like, or that's at the Sullivan Bowl today, he picked a guy he'd like.
4: Oh, and he picked him again, not in Missouri, but in D.C. Danforth is Missouri's number one rhino, and it is so frustrating to me that he's backing this candidate. I don't think the guy stands any chance. I think Schmidt wins this easily.
0: I mean, the, his hope would be to spoil the race for the Republican, right? I mean, that would be the conceivably the best he could do would be to try to draw 15-20% and try to keep the Republican from winning. I, I just I think if they if, if Senator Danforth would have picked a person that might be a little more palatable to Missourians. And if, you're, if last time you picked you an Ivy League lawyer and you're not happy with that pick, you wouldn't pick you another one. This <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, I think everybody knew exactly where send, or former Senator Danforth would go with this. And uh, it's not something that rural Missourians and people where I grew up want. Um, you know, they want a, a, a working class person. They want a fighter. Uh, I think Schmidt pulls it off. I don't think there's any spoiling this race. Doug
0: well, like Thompson, if um, Mr. Danforth's uh, handpicked boy showed up at High Street Pub with those soft hands and that Ivy League diploma. I guess they'd serve him because Carl's a nice guy, but that'd be about as much support as he got, right? Uh,
5: I, I would tend to agree with that. Um, you know, Eric Schmidt comes across as a genuine down-to-earth guy, and I think that's why he did so well in rural Missouri. Uh, I, I don't see Senator Danforth's guy making any kind of dent in what Eric Schmidt's gonna do in, in the fall.
0: It's almost funny. It's almost like all of us, we, like if, we, if we're the DJ at the party, we play the music we like from our top plays on our phone. It's almost like instead of him caring about, well, you know, what would a person in Niangwa think? He's like,
2: well, what would I think? I'm sure they'd like what I like, and I don't think that's going to work. I don't, I don't think it's going to work, and in fact, when I see uh, statements that Eric, is his name Eric Wood? What's his name? John I John Wood. John Wood. It's,
4: January 6th, John Wood. We,
2: yeah, he, yeah like when, he, when you see what he, you know, the statements he puts out about President Trump, it certainly seems like, Maybe instead of like trying to peel off people from the Republican ticket, he might be trying to peel off people from the Democrat, not that, you know, anyone needs to do that. I have about this.
0: Okay. Elitism is not just in the Republican Party. There are plenty of Democrats, especially the size of the state party and Democrat side is not that large. And there's a lot of it is elitist. A lot of the places, a lot of uh, Senator Danforth's neighbors are Democrats. And I'm not sure that an elitist lawyer, an Ivy League lawyer, doesn't peel off a Democrat for every three Republicans they peel off.
2: I think it's very possible, and I, I certainly think when you look at some of the people in St. Louis politics and Kansas City politics and how that gels with rural Democrats and basically decimating <laughs> any, any form of rural Democrats that we've seen in the past 20 years, yeah, no one is going to try to fix that, and so I think that's, well, that's parties I think, in the wilderness. Hypothetically,
0: if you had Gussie Bush's daughter playing here comes the king and tossing out Bush lights that might play well. At least maybe it doesn't win Butler County, but maybe you get 20, 25%. But if you're just talking about abortion,
2: I don't about that. I, I, don't, I don't think that, I mean, you can look at the, the outcome of what happened in Kansas. I think that was a very clear cut question about that very topic. Yes. But when you're talking about a candidate and whether you talk about that being one of the main positions she's talking about, I still just don't think next to a Democrat, uh, you know, next to that D, that's going to matter for people and how they vote.
0: So uh, the, the federal government, doing some things, pass another spending bill, this time dealing with energy. Tell me what was in it.
2: What's in it for Missouri? And this is something that Renew Missouri, our group, has been working on for the past two years, particularly on the portion of this $369 billion investment in clean energy, $40 billion of which is going to go to rural electric cooperatives. So you're talking about the opportunity, a voluntary opportunity, not something that the co-ops are going to be required to do, but to be able to take money, elect to take that money, to transition to clean energy, to cr- transition to uh, you know, um, being able to uh, work on things like uh, energy efficiency, trying to like, put that into, extra, uh, into jobs uh, in those communities, I think that's a real opportunity for the co-ops here mm-hmm. to kind of fulfill their mission that was set in the 1930s of continuing to modernize rural Missouri and rural America because that was a big investment too and one people were very skeptical about at the time, but it worked, and it to conclu- work. It worked it on every work. level. Yeah.
0: Tell me about this bill. I mean, I, I, I'm not an economist, but, you know, I've managed to have enough beer money when it comes Friday afternoon. They talk about inflation, and they say one of the causes of inflation was spending a lot of money. Well, I was spending more money.
4: Yeah. The spending addicts in D.C. are screwing over our kids again. When I was born, the U.S. debt per capita was $3,200. A baby born today, the U.S. debt per capita is $91,350. Thanks, kids. We'll be reckless and irresponsible and spend all this money. Meanwhile, our, the greatest threat to our national security, I think, is our debt because we can't be safe if we're not rich, right? Tell
0: me this, though. Now, when, when COVID hit and there was a global shutdown, not just America, but a global shutdown, there were some policies put in place by President Trump and his economic team that I thought lessened the blow. But maybe the real blow, instead of getting the economic blow then, we're going to take it now with inflation. But it seems like we're kind of past COVID, and they're still spending.
4: Right. I mean, the original spending bills were calculated to keep small businesses alive so that the economy could kick back into gear and thrive again. The additional ones that Biden's tacked on just dumped helicopters full of cash on the populace. And that is exactly what led to the inflation that we're facing right now. So this Inflation Reduction Act is just adding fuel to the fire.
0: Well, Matt, it just feels to me like they probably know the House of Representatives will not be ran by Democrats when they come back in January. Maybe the Senate, uh, maybe not. But but the House, is—you if you were a betting man, you would bet that they, the Republicans would take over. And this is like the last things they can get done while they have all the reconciliation tools.
3: Yeah, I think it was the last search for a win. It's typical DC politicians trying to get short-term gains, and it's gonna cause Missourians long-term pain. You're not gonna fix inflation by capping prices, doing more tax audits on Missourians, and dumping money into the economy. It's just not gonna happen.
0: I've seen that, the old boys now hired, firing up at IRS. I don't think it's going to go go that well.
5: I I, I don't look at this as anything other than a a last-ditch attempt to launder the reputation of a flailing president right now, and uh, I think it's just one last-ditch effort to save them in
0: the midterms. While we're talking about folks that are leaving, you've got Eric Schmidt that's likely leaving across the street at the Supreme Court building to go to D.C. You've got Scott Fitzpatrick probably leaving the uh, second floor of the Capitol going to the auditor's office. So you look at this field of Republican lawyers. It's not as deep as you would would think. You've got a Tim Garrison. You've got a you've got a Kurt Schaefer. You, you you go through this list. Give me some guys that you think could fill the job.
5: Uh, obviously, Garrison's a name you're hearing a lot right now. Um, I've heard uh, Andrew Bailey a mm-hmm. little bit
0: as well. Um, this search may start there. Chris it Chris Limbaugh. It may. Yep.
5: Uh, Chris Limbaugh's name obviously comes up. Uh, Senator Luke Meyer, I think I've heard sure. his name mentioned as well. So All right, give me a little news here. We we'll uh, talk
0: about the next wave of Republican attorneys making a name. You've got a you've made a heck of a name. Beat an incumbent, <laughs> took over the office, done well. Sure. Is it a conversation you'd be open to?
5: I would certainly be open to that conversation. Yeah. It would be an honor uh, to be even considered for that position. Uh, I do enjoy being the Cole County Prosecutor, <laughs> and I am fortunate enough to not have an opponent right now. I, I'm so essentially guaranteed another four years and I'm just looking forward to uh, continuing to move that office in the
0: right direction. We came close to making news. Jennifer, you're a highly involved Republican attorneys. Give me some folks you think would be good.
4: I've got a number of friends I think would be great attorneys general. Bailey, Ellinger, mm-hmm. Grime, you know, Scharf. Scharf, yeah. He's making a push. Yep. But if I were Governor Parson, the only one I would really pick is Kurt Schaefer because Kurt Schaefer's not only ready to take over the office and run it well on day one, he's also ready to run for office on day one. He's run statewide before, he's won elections before, he's got a donor base already in place. He'd He'd be fantastic and he's a friend of mine, all these guys are friends of mine, but I think Kurt would be the one I'd go with because we've had two different attorneys general leave for the United States Senate, or we will in four years, we need more stability in that office. We need someone that could and hold I that office more has than a the next for two the years. I
0: think Kurt has a passion He worked in that office, I think he has a passion for it.
4: Oh yeah, he ran for it before, and we need someone that we know will be there more than two years. We could have an ugly primary if you put someone into place that's never run in for office before.
3: With a minute left, Matt, who won the week? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Senator Holly Rader. Her book, Cinder Girls, came out this week. Yeah. Um, anytime I get on Twitter, I see people talking about it. If you don't know her story, I'd recommend checking it out. You'll understand why she's the conservative pro-life fighter she is and uh, why I think she has a very bright future in politics.
0: Tough as nails and can, and can drive that nail and d with a smile. Yep. Who won the week?
4: Jeff Rowe yeah, the did. week. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He I mean- did that Roe and Trump have had Iraqi relationship for many years now, but at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Roe run Trump's campaign in 2024.
2: Who won the week? I think when you look at the recreational marijuana ballot initiative that's going to be coming up in November, mm-hmm. the uh, dispensaries, who now no longer have to do all the paperwork and pretend to be doing that for medical purposes, I think they're the winners this week.
5: Who won the week? I'm going to go with the state of Missouri, uh, nominating Eric Schmidt as the Republican candidate. Yeah. I think he's going to keep Missouri red. Good man.
0: I'm going to say the St. Louis Chamber of Commerce. They put on their annual Illinois versus Missouri softball game. Missouri, by the way, won 8-6. That's a complete game from Dean Plocker, But uh, what a great event brought together folks from all parties, different parts of the state, of both states. did an excellent job at Bush Stadium. We'll see you next week from the State Fair with Governor Parson on This Week in Missouri Politics. This
5: Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren,
1: Spire, and Sterling Bank.